Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 625 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, and we have a fantastic goalie-friendly interview for you on this holiday Monday. It's Kevin Mandelaze. We finally catch up with him after years, Ross. The last time we spoke to him, he just won Q Goalie of the Year. So we got a lot to catch up on. And uh, it shows with over 40-minute interview with him. Yes, we talked about his time with the Atlanta Gladiators recovering from a knee injury. And we nerd out on some goalie gear as well. All that plus DJ Smith has unveiled a little deeper of what he's going to start training camp with when it comes to his defensive pairs. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Monday, September 5th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. Where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video. Just click the thumbs up. Subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel and leave a comment below. Subscriptions just hit a nice milestone, 3,500. Let's get to 4K before the season. Let's ride. Tell a friend. Be a friend. And Pilsy, lots of great content to tell those friends about because not only do we have great interviews on tap throughout this week and next for the Locked On Senators podcast, But the YouTube exclusives, tell them what they can find on the YouTube channel. Well, we've been doing our Behind the Blog series, and that's been a lot of fun. That's happening on Saturdays and Sundays, the premieres. YouTube exclusive, so go watch those. We just had Sens Prospects. We did a Prospect Pyramid, which was great to kind of... We haven't had Henry on the show in in quite some time, too, so it was great to catch up with him and uh, go over all the prospects then. Talk about uh, going back and taking a look at uh, younger uh, prospects. Sense Talk, when he was just a prospect in the content game, we talk about all the way back when he started posting videos when he's like 10 years old and watching those videos of him as a, as a kid with a squeaky mouse voice, as, uh, as he calls it from now, is pretty incredible. That's a guy that's been grinding for a long time. So definitely interesting story to check out with Sense Talk. And then the recent Tuesdays and Thursdays, we've had our organizational value rankings. They all culminate this week. Tier 2 tomorrow and Tier 1 on Thursday. So stay tuned for all that. But Pilsy, we have to get to a little bit of news before Mando's interview. Because DJ Smith discussed yesterday with the Ottawa Sun what his defensive pairs, at least the top four, would look like. We knew Shabbat and Zub. I talked about that a little bit on Friday before our interview with Roby Yarventi. But the second pair is now set in pencil, but it's going to be Travis Hamanick getting the first opportunity to play with Jake Sanderson. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when uh, DJ Smith announced that Shabbat and Zub are going to be playing together, I kind of already pieced that 
Sanderson would be with Hamnick, and then I, I pretty much figured Brandy would be with, with Holden. And I think this is the right move. Holden, obviously a good veteran shutdown defenseman, but he is getting up there in age, and if he's going to be playing second pair of minutes up against other teams' top six, it gets a little tricky, especially when you're playing alongside a rookie NHL defenseman. So I think that makes the most sense. And Pierre Dorian mentioned it uh, when he acquired Hamannick. A big reason why he did that is they didn't like the offseason options, the free agents in the defense market. So he wanted to take care of that problem early and bring a veteran defenseman in uh, and have him get acclimated to the team before all that happened. So he knew he was set in that spot. Not saying that he's not done the search for a, a defenseman because it seems like that's still kind of uh, on track here. But to have Hamannick starting with Sanderson, I think makes the most sense for now. What's he going to allow Sanderson in terms of developing his game at the NHL level? Well, I mean, a a lot of people, when Hamnick was brought over, the trade left a bitter taste in people's mouths. But looking past that and just looking at the player on the ice, Hamnick's a longtime NHL veteran. He's a guy that's always played more of a defensive type game. So to have him beside Sanderson will hopefully allow Sanderson to be the guy that transitions the puck up the ice, that makes that first pass, that skates through the neutral zone, which are all things that Sanderson thrived at in previous levels of competition. So I think that's going to help Sanderson just kind of have his mind at ease, knowing that he won't need to be fully, fully taking on all the defensive responsibilities. So we know the top pair, at least to start training camp, and we have to continually hammer that home because, wow, things can change in an absolute hurry from the first day of fitness testing till the puck drops on the regular season on that Thursday night in Buffalo. But we know it's going to start with Shabbat and Zub, and then Sanderson and Travis Hamanick. And you mentioned Eric Brandstrom's name. He was one of two restricted free agents. Not anymore, Pilsy. Breaking news. Breaking news. As we're recording, we see the Ottawa Senators announcing on Twitter that they've signed defenseman Eric Brandstrom to a one-year contract, which holds an annual average value. And I guess it's easy to find out the average when it's one year. He will be making $900,000. Your immediate reaction to the deal. That is low. Uh, I think both of us thought it would it would pass a million dollar uh, a value here. But the thing to consider is, and we've talked about this, Brandy didn't have a whole lot of leverage, which is why I kind of thought that this deal would be the first one, quick, easy, tidy piece of business. Ross, my... My thoughts and assumptions on this is the Ottawa Senators basically went to him and his agent and said, here's your qualifying offer. Take it or leave it. If you don't want to take it, we'll wait. And I think that's what's happened is they gave the qualifying offer. Maybe negotiations were were tried by Brandy and his agent. Obviously, those didn't go where they wanted. The sense stayed firm. And now you got to sign a deal sometime. Otherwise, you're not playing or you're waiting for a trade, which it... We've heard the trade value for Eric Branson was not high either, so that's not a great strategy for him and his agents. So I think they just went with it, and uh, Branson's got a lot to prove this season, that's for sure. And despite feeling like he's been in the organization forever, he's actually just coming off his entry-level contract. So he is getting a raise, although not significantly. This is a one-year, one-way contract, so that means no more ability to stash him in the minors, although now... As he's turned 23, happy belated, Branny turned 23 on September 2nd, so on Friday. But 
now it's t- it's time for him to have to clear waivers if he cannot crack it in the National Hockey League. And you know that the lifetime of first-round picks is a little bit more stretched out than others where I'm sure another op- opportunity would come. And we've seen some glimpses, and I need to make sure that I say that, that there have been glimpses. It's not been all bad with Eric Brandstrom, but he needs to take another step in the right direction. So it's a one-year contract, $900,000. I thought he was going to get the Mete the one-year $1.1 million deal. Here's what Senators General Manager Pierre Dorian has to say. This is from the press release that accompanied the news. Quote, Eric is among our group of young players who we're looking upon to take another step forward next season. He's competitive, has an ability to efficiently move the puck, and showed well when asked to take on an increased role last season. We're hopeful that experience pays dividends for him in the year ahead. I think that's pretty well said from Mr. Dorian. I mean, Brandy moves pucks. Yes. <laughs> Dorian is also aware. But where it's interesting is when he said, uh, I forget the exact quote, I got a goldfish brain, but where he said he did well in uh, elevated role. I don't, like, he did okay, but really he should have produced much more as a first-line center, as a guy playing first power play uh, time, getting over 20 minutes a night, and as a guy who is known to efficiently move the puck. So, And if he did so well in that role, why did he only get a $900,000 one-year contract? Yeah, I don't know. For, I mean, 14 assists, no goals in 53 games, dash 17. A lot of nights... You're pulling your hair out a little bit, Pilsy, when he's defending in front of the net. But I'm hopeful because you know what they say about these shorter defensemen. They've been short their whole life. They've learned how to defend around it. But he he does. This last line is crucial. We're hopeful that it pays dividends for him in the year ahead. They're saying that it's still a matter of potential of why they're keeping him around, right? To, to me, that's what it reads as. Like He's shown abilities before. But we need it consistently at the NHL level. And this is probably a make or break year. We almost said that last year in terms of getting a large opportunity because then those prime opportunities will go to Jake Sanderson this upcoming year and beyond. But now if he can settle in to be a, a fifth defenseman who can move up when when injuries come or when you know you need different matchups, you need, like we said, um, or like we saw last year with Thomas Shabbat and him playing together a little bit at the end of games when you need to press offensively. If he can become a situational defenseman this year, I think that's a win. And you're not really risking much with this deal under a million dollars. So I'm excited that he's in camp. I'm, I think it's crucial because didn't he miss camp in 2021 with COVID? He, yep. it, it was just a gong show up and down. He even played AHL games last year. Like, come to camp. Be in Ottawa, be ready to go, and let's get let's get rolling. Because this guy, he still has PP upside. Like he still has the amount of power play experience last year when Shabbat was out. Like some people want him on the top unit this year. Now, just in terms of the hierarchy of a locker room, that's just not happening. You'd have to multiply nine hundred thousand a few times to get to eight million. Um, not math guys, not math guys, but uh, we will say that. Um, I'm just glad that he's going to be in camp because if he missed camp again, that just he's so far behind the eight ball. Yeah, and I feel like I've been pretty negative about Brandy so far, so I'll, I'll add some pillsy positivity to this. There was flashes where he looked great, like you said, when he was playing with Thomas Shabbat, uh, when they're really trying to ramp up the offense. I thought they looked great together. Do I want them as a 
five on five pair permanently? No, absolutely not. But I think where Brandy really, he has to look at this and kind of put a chip on his shoulder. He's got to say, I thought I'm worth more. I waited to try to get a better contract. Didn't happen. If they put him on the second power play unit, he has to thrive. And there's no reason why he can't thrive on that second power play unit because finally the Sens are going to have two competent units. So I think that's a big deal. And one thing I definitely will give props to Brandy with, I thought his defending got a lot better as the year went on. Now it was a low bar to start, but it did get better. So improvement was shown and he did a really good job of making those long outlet passes. Like he was able to hit players in stride and really basically two line passes, uh, get the, get the offense going with some really good, accurate uh, tape to tape passes. So there's lots of positivity here for Branstrom. There's lots of potential here, but it may just take a little bit more time. I mean, everyone blooms at uh, at their own time, right? And for Brandy, a shorter, younger defenseman, we just need to be patient, I think. Let's hope he's on the, the right side on the third pair with Nick Holden on the left side and then 22 on the outside looking in. That, to me, would be my ideal as we run through it one last time here. Shabatsu, Sanderson, Hamannick, Holden, and Branstrom would be an adequate, as the head coach describes his decor at, an adequate start to the NHL season. But that just leaves Alex Formanton as the lone RFA unsigned. We know that there are extra outside of hockey investigation of the 2018 men or boys, I should say, uh, U20 World Junior team. And no names have come out. We're not saying he's guilty. We're not saying he's innocent. But I wonder if it will have an impact into if and when Alex Formanton's contract get signed with the length of the investigation that Bill Daly said they hope it's done by the start of the NHL season or completed, not done, but they hope that they have a conclusion. I guess we just wait. And while we wait, I think a fantastic interview to get to is with Mando right now. We probably chit chat a little bit longer, but when breaking news happens while we're recording, such a blessing. And you know what else is a blessing? Being able to pump up the protein bar, but have it in a delicious fashion. Have you not tried the Built Bar Puffs yet? Why are you depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys? I'm not even exaggerating. The cookie dough chunk puffs might be the best, I almost said candy bar, the best protein bar I've ever had in my entire life. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, and it's healthy for you. Only 160 calories per bar. And they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built Bar. Don't walk. Run to Built.com right now. It's snag a box for you and the family. It's a perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and you just hoard them for yourself. Get Make your family get their own. We'll tell you how and what kind of promo code you can use at Built.com. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. And when I say puff, it's literally a protein-infused marshmallow. And that's what's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. I I love it. I actually love it. Uh, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar, and grab yourself a Built bar. So go to Built. Dot com and use promo code locked on 15 that's promo code locked on 15 promo code locked on 15 for 15 percent off 
your next order. What's the promo code? Yeah, it's locked on 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's get to our interview with Belleville Senators Netminder. It's Kevin Mandelazy. All right, we now welcome back a very special guest. It's been far too long since we've had this man back on the show. The last time was right after he was named Quebec League Goalie of the Year, right before the pandemic with the Cape Breton Eagles. And now he's a part of the tandem for the Belleville Senators. Kevin Mandelazy, welcome to Locked On Senators. How are you doing, brother? I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. How's the summer going? Where are you? How's the training? What's your day-to-day look like? Uh, well, my summer's been pretty good. Um, right now, it's a, a hectic schedule with all the on-ice and off-ice. Um, on the ice uh, four times a week and in the gym five times a week. So uh, it's it's pretty heavy, but I'm resting up, eating lots, and uh, ready ready for another season soon. And you're in Montreal for the summer? Yeah, I'm in Montreal. Uh, oh, man. Would, uh, I'm going to head back soon and... Uh, and next, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Montreal in the summer is amazing. Yeah, it's 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 nice. We have a lot of nice spots. Like uh, as like downtown Montreal, you have like all the lakes uh, outside of Montreal. So uh, it's yeah, it's it's fun times. That's for sure. <laughs> Who's on your uh, your training uh, team? Do you guys do you have a little group that you guys go out on the ice with? Uh, well, on the ice, uh, this, this this year we've been pretty lucky. We had a lot of guys, um, um, a lot of pro guys. Um, we had Josh, uh, Josh Anderson. We have uh, Nicholas Milos. We have Marco Scandella. Uh, we have Will Carrier. We have a lot of like good prospects. Um, we like so we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, we also have skates like uh, Nick Suzuki comes uh, here uh, here and there. Um, Chris Latang. So there's there's a good. Uh, there's a good group there uh, skating with us. Um, so, no, it's definitely a good, good shots and it's uh, a good pace, too. I'm just glad to hear that you're back on the ice. We know you missed the end of last season with a, a knee injury. You're 100%. You're ready to go for rookie tournament? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, that was that was a hard one to take when uh, that in, uh, injury happened. But, uh, no, I'm happy to just be skating again and be able to play hockey. Uh, I missed it for for a while. Was it? I mean, we talked with Angus Crookshank, who I'm sure you maybe even did a little bit of rehab. It was his knee as well. Uh, and he said, when you're away from it, you realize how much you miss it. Is that even motivating you more this upcoming season? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I can't even imagine what Angus went through for to, to miss the entire season. I, I missed two months and and I was going crazy. So, I, like, he's done an unreal job of dealing with it. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely made me even more eager to to come back and play and uh, not to take things for granted, right? Like it's it's uh, stuff can happen really quickly, and you gotta enjoy every game, every every practice, right? So, uh, but no, I'm excited to to come back and, and play and hopefully stay healthy. Yeah, we're rooting for that too. Now, as a goalie, obviously, when you have a knee injury, a lot of the training and work you want to do, you just can't do. So. What were you uh, focusing on while you were rehabbing your knee? Is it more the mental side of the game? Maybe your your hand-eye coordination? What kind of things were taking the forefront then? Well, I'd say, like, at the start, um, obviously, we weren't touching too much at my knee. Um, just kind of let it heal a bit. Uh, so you try to do a bit of upper body, try to stay 
uh, try to keep your cardio, um, even though you don't, you only have one leg pretty much. But uh, we're doing a lot of stuff, let's say with a rower or stuff like that to keep my cardio up. Uh, but yeah, hand eye, I, I told like they did a great job with me. Uh, well, I went up in Ottawa and in Bel like when they were on the road. Um, so both in Ottawa and Belleville, whenever I was there, um, they did a great job uh, doing the rehab with me. Um, but we we keep we kept doing hand eye to keep that that sharp, and so I don't lose it, especially with not receiving any any shots for for two months. Um, Go ahead. But uh, it was it was a lot of yeah. It was at the start. It was a lot of hand eye and cardio, and at the end we we're trying like at the end we we're just trying to reinforce the knee and making it stronger than it was. So obviously it doesn't it doesn't happen again, right? But uh, but no, now it's it's all over with, and I'm happy that I, I can play. And um, but yeah, it was definitely a lengthy uh, rehab. Yeah, and I mean it must be tough too because you had come back up from from a little stint in Atlanta, and I want to ask you about that, but. You just won five straight starts. Like you must have been feeling pretty good out there. I think you had a thirty or sorry, nineteen save, only one goal allowed in in the game that uh, you had to leave after two periods. Now I, I see that you played exactly forty minutes. Did you battle through that end of the second period? How did the injury happen too? Uh, so yeah, it it, ha- it was a weird play. I remember it was a five on three, and they're just passing behind an end. I was on my feet, and after a few passes, the guy tried to to like come and wrap it and his blade kind of got stuck between like my my skate holder and the the post so i kind of lost my balance because i was expecting my obviously my skate to to hit the post so i lost my balance and my left my left knee kind of just stood up like stayed up and i my whole body went down and i just heard a pop and i was like you know what maybe it's just like a a little crack you know sometimes you just crack your ankle crack your knee crack something it's like oh you know what just probably just a crack so go back up and i was like oh something feels a bit weird but like i'll just keep playing obviously there's nothing i can do right and they came back and they shot and i went down and i was like oh like that's something's not feeling right yeah. and like but like every second it'd just be worse and worse and worse i was like okay like i tried to get up and i like i wasn't able to so I was like, okay, something's up. And like every, every, like, like I said, every second was getting worse. So uh, I knew something was wrong and I, I couldn't get up. So I was like, okay, I, I, I have to, to finish the period. Like there's a five on three going on, like five on four. There's like two minutes left. I can't just like give up. Right. So, um, but I, I, I think uh, I was also high on adrenaline too. So I, that, that didn't make it seem as, as bad, but the moment I just sat down and, the next day, I was like, oh, my God, this hurts. <laughs> yeah, you can tell it's just different. And especially when a bigger guy like yourself putting that pressure and putting that weight on your knee when it's not exactly where it needs to be is is going to be uh, damaging. So oh, it's, yeah, it's good you were able to locate yeah. it. Especially on a five-on-three and five-on-four. Like, you yeah. have to move so much. It's, it's just crazy. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I was just I was just happy that the period ended. <laughs> So what exactly was the diagnosis? Was it like an MCL thing, an ACL thing? Uh, what, what was kind of the the final conclusion? Um, it was like a, it was a MCL, like, like a, it, my MCL was partially tore. Okay. Um, so I think there's like three grades of, um, of like MCL sprain or whatnot. It's like, 
Uh, grade one is just like a big stretch. Second one is uh, a, like a tear, but not completely tear. And grade three is completely tore. So. And then grade four is what Crooker had. We just said his knee was blown yeah. up. Is what oh, we called it. I think Crooker had everything going on. Like every like ligament meniscus he had was just gone. Like he just needed a brand new knee. Like it's crazy. He's I've gonna have a bounce back year though, eh? What? He's gonna have a bounce back year though. Oh, he's he's gonna come back like better than ever like that guy i i hate playing like practice like practice games or just like some few games around the net with him because he's so like he never gives up he's such a competitor like but we had um and i remember we had a because at the end of the year he could skate right like he was able to practice a bit and we did some games and i was like man I remember why I hated like practicing <laughs> against you. Like he's he's just he never gives up, right? He's such a competitor, and after that he just throws the chirps. And uh, but no, it, it's fun to uh, to play against him. But he's um, he's definitely gonna bounce back for sure. I felt so bad too. Like it happened in a preseason game. Like just you don't want to see that. It's just no. especially to a guy like that. Like we he's such a good guy, and we have so much fun with him. So it was just shitty. It's always shitty to to see a guy like get injured but uh, an injury like that in preseason just and just in like in like a community rink eh? they were playing yeah. you, guys, you were at the game weren't you yeah yeah i was i was i was playing that game yeah i don't know if it was in the third or in the first but um but yeah it was just hard to see that it was like in brassard where the Habs uh, practice yeah it was a practice facility that's it yeah Tough. So yeah, on like a static camera, one angle, you're like, no, yeah. Crooker, oh, come on. I remember, I remember that game was so like badly organized. Like we didn't. There's like no TV timeouts, no music, no <laughs> no fans, no nothing. I was Weird. Like, this even minor hockey league we had music. You know, yeah. it was it was just uh, th- it was different. <laughs> Speaking of practice, we need your take. I, I hope that you were there for this. Uh, Casty versus Socko. Were you there oh. when they dropped them? Yeah, I was there. It was, oh. it was two big boys. I've never, you know, you you know that I spent a lot of time with with Soko, and I never saw him fight. So I like, it's just like he gets he gets mad easily. So like, not easily. It's just like he, he's he's a competitor, right? So like, yeah. it's just like he's on the ice. He wants to puck, you know, like uh, he wants to win his battle. So I don't know what was said, but. Um, I don't know, it was just two guys playing hockey and battling for position and uh so I don't I don't know who would have won, but just the fact that Cassie fought before, maybe I would give him the edge. But yeah, that was just crazy. I was like that it was the first time I saw like Soko that mad. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Those are two big boys. <laughs> Igor told us it was a stinky practice for I guess you guys weren't playing well at the time, so it was a lot of yeah. battle drills and he said they just had enough. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. They were battling in every way possible. So, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, we were we were talking about Casty the other day. Do you know that he and Parker Kelly fought in junior? Did they? Yeah, man. I, no way. I, it probably won't surprise you when I say that it started with Parker going for a little bit of a late, <laughs> a, a yeah, late well, finish to a hit. Kels doesn't back down from anyone, so I'm not surprised. No. But yeah. that's, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, check it. It's I'm on hockey fights. The clip after. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link to it. And uh, Cast, he hangs in there, yeah. and then Cast, he's like, oh, "Wait, wait, he I'm takes eight, over eight inches bigger than you." I'll just Yo, uh, finish the he's, job. Here. He's bigger and heavier, so I'm not yeah. surprised on that one. But that's that's so funny. I, I've never I, they, they don't 
they never spoke of it in in the room or on the bus and all that. Not that I heard of, heard of, but um, that's yeah, because I was looking I'm up if they fought. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, I'll send it your way, and everyone listening you can check it out at hockeyfights.com. Uh, great resource there. You ever been in a fight, whether it's in junior or, or anywhere? Uh, not really. Actually, I had a small one in, in Atlanta, like this year. But perfect, it perfect really lead fight, into Atlanta. Like, it was yeah. It was like a small one. Um, it's just because I don't know we're losing. Like you know how the East Coast is, just like just grind it out. And like I got a stick behind the head, and I just got mad because like we were losing four one, and I was like I just grabbed the the first player I saw, and like he didn't let go of his glove, so I just kept my blocker. So I had him in a headlock with my glove, and I gave him a few uppercuts. But after that, I just lost the headlock, and I just fell forward. But that's that's pretty much it. But no, I'd um, I definitely if the situation's right, I always told like I even told like Petey, I was like, if you give me the green light, I'm I'm going for it. Yeah, right? like nice. And he he would love it for sure. Like I'm, I've <laughs> fought before, so um, but yeah, de- obviously depending on the situation. But I I would I wouldn't not I would I wouldn't mind doing it doing it, but. Yeah, if I was a guy your size, I'd probably have a similar stance. Yeah. I mean, it's probably tough to find uh, guys in your weight class that are oh, willing to combat. It's funny because even me and Matt talk, talked about it. He's like, I would fight, but like, it's just a lose lose for me. Like, I'm six seven. Like, if I if I beat him, he's like, oh, like obviously you're supposed to win. And if I lose, well, hi, you're the you're the guy that lost. Yeah, yeah. true. Right. So I understand his standpoint. So I have to take an opponent like a bit like my size but like the charlotte checkers goalie yeah (laughs) number 35 there rip that pretty bucket off of him and just let him have it oh (laughs) like especially after the thing of um what happened with um batherson and and dell i was like you know what if that guy does something i would go a hundred percent i don't care nice good something but i don't know how old he is but I know he's been around the league for for a bit. We beat him up online, couple ratios. That's all we can do to help. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're obviously talking about Joey Dax there. Good buddy of yours. Hey, you guys ran into each other in Europe? Yeah, we did, actually. Wow. That's funny. I'm assuming you guys were both just in the same area and and noticed and planned to meet up. Tell us about your trip, though, as a whole, that that situation. But where did you go this summer? Uh, So... Well, I started, I went to, we flew, uh, flew into Paris, uh, spent like a day and a half there. Um, after that, we went to Nice, spent a few there, uh, days there. Like that's where we met uh, Dax. And after that, we made our way to uh, Italy for like uh, maybe like a week. And uh, we did a few places. We did uh, Cinque Terre, we did Milan, we did San Remo and I think we went to uh, uh, Lake Como, too. Uh, I think that's it. Nice. Mads was saying you're one of the best-dressed guys in the team. Were you there fashion week? <laughs> uh, Mads? Mads was saying that, oh. man. He Mads was pumping your tires. Yeah, he was. Mads is, Mads is always uh, is getting along, too. He's pretty well. I, I saw I, – he sent me a few things uh, this summer that he, that he bought, and he's ordering more clothes. So he's he's getting up there, too. But, okay. uh, no, I, I it's I just like uh, fashion. I, I I listen to Suits, like the the, the, um, the series, and okay. I've always liked the, like the their suits they have. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to have, like, nice suits. So, I, like, I bought yeah. – 
I did a few custom ones, uh, like just not like a black or gray or plain like colors. I like, I think I have like a dark olive, a brown um, checkered blue, a bit uh, like with the the squares and all that. And I have the light blue checkered with um, uh, the, the, the like dark navy stripes too. So, um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I would say I have a normal like style, but maybe, maybe he thinks it's good, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, to come back on uh, the thing with the axe, like it's crazy. I guess I was gone for like a month, I think in, in Europe. And, uh, it just ended up that, uh, like he posted his story and he's like in Nice and I was in Nice too. And I was like, I was like, how long are you there for? He's like, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. So I was like, okay, like come meet us there and like we'll like talk and all that i think we stayed stayed there for like an hour and just talk and talk and talk but um but yeah it's i haven't seen him in forever but like we always keep in in touch and uh, i was happy that he he had an unreal year this year um yeah. so hopefully hopefully he can have a shot next year at staying the entire year in seattle that'd be unreal for him so this is a uh, fashion icon, Kevin Mandelazzi, right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure he was talking about get get style on that picture, but <laughs> <laughs> that's great stuff for anyone listening. I I think this is Halloween, right? I hope yeah, so. Yeah, that was Halloween. Nice in in Toronto. Yeah, we uh, we played we played in Toronto, and after that, we stayed the night and uh, had a little Halloween party. That's hilarious! Great spot for that nice. too. I can re- I recognize those Cactus Club umbrellas anywhere. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. That that's all. Hey, we we kind of skimmed over Atlanta, but on the way there, I opened up a Justin Peters page when you mentioned that he'd be all for it. Four career fights for Justin wow. Peters yeah. as well, including one against Jeff Glass, who Sens fans might remember, uh, former <laughs> oh, yeah. former Sens draft pick. Uh, he was the starting goalie on the team where it was like, remember the lockout year? Maybe it was before your time, but you probably remember. 05 when it was the full lockout Bergeron had already played a full year in the NHL he was there was like Crosby Carter Richards Seabrook Keith um Phaneuf like one of the best teams all time anyways and then their goalie is Jeff Glass who I mean didn't really play a whole lot in the NHL but uh Atlanta tell us about like the the time there obviously the partnership is over between the two teams so um nobody from the organization is going to be going back but the East Coast. I mean, Dax told us about it when he was in Brampton. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like sh- like shinny hockey. Yeah, it's it, especially for goalies. It's like as a goalie, expect to get a lot of shots if you go yeah. in the East Coast and and second and third shots as well. Eh, yeah. those yeah, rebounds I should clarify. are cleared. I don't mean talent level. I just mean in terms of structure. Like pucks are yeah. coming at you from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's all over the place. Like. It's yeah, it's weird bounces. Like I don't know, like what it is with, with that league, but like for the, I think I was there for a total of two weeks, and like I, I had a lot of fun playing hockey there. Like with, the guys were great. Uh, I, I got a lot of shots, so I, like I can't complain. Like that's, that's what I wanted, especially because I came back from a concussion. I was like, you know what, I just want to get like a lot of, a lot of shots, you know, and. Um, and yeah it's it's different it's it's uh, not as structured as uh, the american league or the nhl but it's definitely like for goalies i think it's a great league uh, for development i think there's so there's so many goalies that went through that league and um so for me i just wanted to play right like i know i was uh like i was mostly like third goalie last year for like so i wasn't playing 
so I kind of expected to go down and just to see all the the names that went there that and that ended up having like a like so much success in the NHL I was like you know what like that's what it takes for me like in my path and um, just trying to make the best of it I love yeah. that attitude Pilsy how about this welcome to the ECHL moment 39 saves two goals against and he loses oh damn come on that man, was you, uh, yeah man. that that first stint i had was pretty hard because i was having good games like except except maybe that second one but like all we did was score one goal per game yeah. so it was like so hard to win you had um, three goals three goals of support in your first three games one per game yeah so yeah. It, it was it was hard to to win, but like that's when it was so shitty. Like you saw, like I had good stats and all that, and all you see is like is zero three. I was like, oh nice. You got one. You got one win. Come on. Yeah, that was in the in the first three games though. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I got one win. At least that's I can all, say it, one in, in the East Coast. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah you can't take all. that away from you. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and and the thing I, I think what you said rings true. Like for gold. It's a good developmental league because you can't just assume your defensemen are going to be in the right spots. They're mm-hmm. going to clear rebounds. They're going to clear guys from out front. Mm-hmm. So you need to be on your own two steps ahead of uh, of the play. So I think from that angle, it's a great spot for goalies. Now, I want to talk about, though, specifically being in Atlanta because Atlanta has – they've tried to keep hockey there. Two yeah. NHL franchises, the Flames and the Thrashers, went and gone and it didn't work out. What was your vibe on kind of the the city's reception to the uh, to the Atlanta East East Coast Hockey League team? Like, were were fans into it? What was the kind of production good? Was it a good entertainment? How was all that in a city like that? So, like, we weren't like downtown um, Atlanta. We're like maybe okay. forty minutes away, thirty five minutes away. And like, I was talking to guys about like how's the fans like how's like the community and all that and they're like yeah we're definitely more in a hockey community so i guess that's why they put it out uh put us up there um we played in a huge rink like i, I don't know it was like at least like oh yeah because they thousand fans they're the arizona echl team and their stadium's bigger than yeah ASU. yeah 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 a hundred percent way bigger and uh um yeah that's actually funny it kind of <laughs> it's just there. a fact yeah it's just fact <laughs> it's a sad fact yeah. yeah but like it like we had games where we had actually the teddy bear toss game uh, right. when i was there and like it was actually pretty full and it was loud like they go nuts like they actually like it's it's crazy like i've never seen that even in junior like well where i played junior it was a, a older community right but um we had like five thousand people in junior when it was sold out and it was loud, but that like it was it wasn't even sold out and it was just crazy. A lot of kids uh, there, so. Um, but no, I think the fans were were receptive to it. Um, I think it's just an um, organization organization standpoint. It's like we the rank wasn't um, like wasn't. Uh, at the t- like the team didn't have the rink right so like in playoffs they they had home ice advantage and they played the first four games on the road no. oh no so it's hard to like have yeah. a, a successful team when stuff like that happens right like they were in jacksonville for the first four games 
And like, like, no matter where you're at, like, no matter what fan base you have, like being at home and playing at home in front of your fans is just different. And so starting the first four games on the road is hard to win, uh, like playoffs when stuff like that happens. Right. So I don't think it's a fan. Like the fans were great for the time I was there. Um, I think they're pretty receptive, but it's just also Atlanta, right? Like there, there's a huge like NBA like uh, base and uh, baseball, um, um, the football NFL, team too. Football, yeah, all right. So like it's hard to put like like obviously like New York and Toronto has like except maybe for NFL they don't have it, but like right. there's some cities that can do that, right? But I just don't feel Atlanta is like big enough or hockey is big enough for them to make all those like sports survive. So, yeah, no, that's fair enough. It's actually the population. I was just looking up. It's a little bit less than, than I thought it's, it's not as, I thought it was going to be right up there in size with, you know, the Chicago's and New York's mm-hmm. LA's it's a little bit smaller. So anyways, there's your uh, Southeastern U S geography lesson. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple more for you before we go, uh, Mando really appreciate you coming on, man. We're obviously a goalie friendly show. We need to know what the set's going to look like going into next season. Well, that's for now. I didn't have like a chance really to play with my last set. So I'll start the year with uh, the same design, but I'll, uh, I'll definitely change during the year, but that'll be, I still don't know what it'll definitely be a custom one. Um, So we'll we'll have to see for that. Maybe throw in the, a few a few surprises here and there but i definitely want to do something like like that's going to stand out and that's going to be pretty sick now that not that like sadly gus has gone but now i can put more red because i can put all red when gus has <laughs> i can do that to Gus, right that's fair so, so so wait i'm pulling i'm pulling this up right now is this what you're starting next year with or is this an older one uh th- that's an older one i'm starting the one um i literally played maybe two games with them and it was like Maybe if you, you're able to look up a picture of um, against Providence when I got injured, but it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's more colors. That, like it's there's more black, I guess. But yeah, it's a it's a custom design, and I'll probably start start the first half with that. If unless I get excited and I want to make a new design. Nice. I actually loved your your helmet last year too. It just yeah. had this like I think it was like the chrome or whatever. Is it mm-hmm. something different that you do with the color on it? Because I feel like it pops more than than most masks. Yeah, well, that's I I can agree with you guys. Like I, I, that's my like favorite mask I had so it's far. It's so think, nice. Like, um, I put I just put a shiny coat on it. That's it. Like it's cool. it's as simple as that. Because I used to do matte and like I was like. I don't know. I think I think I'm tired of having like a matte finish. So I was talking to um, my equipment manager actually, and uh, uh, Maddie is his name. And Maddie was like, "Go with shiny. Like it's also like yep. easier to like get pucks." I was like, "You know what? Like why not? I never had shiny because even in junior I had matte. So I was like, you know what? Let's let's change it a bit." So um, no, but I, I'm I agree with you guys. I I, I love that helmet and. I, um, there's one thing I, I love about that mask is, uh, I started looking at, uh, Vasilevsky's mask and I loved the, the lightning that he has. Yep. So I was like, you know what? Try to like, I just told my, my mask artist, I was like, try to put like the third logo, like not the third logo, but you know, like the, uh, like the buildings and like the water, like yep. kind of tower of Belgium. Peace tower. 
put oh for Belleville, yeah, mix Belleville. It into a storm or something like that. Oh, okay, with, with red lightning, and he did a pretty like he did an unreal job, and that's by far my my favorite mask. Well, is it is it making a, a second appearance, or are you switching it up? We're um, we're probably gonna do an updated version of it. Cool. Yeah. Keep keep the finish though, man. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100 I'm oh definitely uh, keeping that finish like for sure. Like unless I change, like uh, unless I I get tired of it, but I don't think I'll get tired of it. I'm probably gonna stick with that for the rest of my career. Like now, is uh, mass design and goalie setup, uh, art and style, is that something you've always been interested in? And uh, if so, like who? As a young goalie growing up, who are some of the like your favorite mask design or even like pads and, and glove and blocker and stuff? Who did you really idolize that way? Well, you know, like I've never really looked at masks. It was always okay. pads for me. Um, like I feel like earlier, like in the let's say in the earlier years, let's say when I was like I don't know ten to like fifteen. It was pretty much like it was pretty much like just lines, right? And like today, you can just put anything. Which is fun, like, um, there's always, like, colorways that are always nice. Like, I, I always liked uh, Flory's, like, uh, blue pads when he was at the Winter Classics. He always made, like, great, like, setups yep. with that. Um, but, uh, no, I've I've always been a light pad kind of guy, like, since maybe, like, I was 16, 16 17. And whenever I, I turned, like, 17... I was like, you know what? I like the solid color pads or more color pads. And uh, that's why, like, at my 18-year-old year, I kind of put, like, a claw design in um, in my pads and juniors. And after that, my 19-year-old year, I, was just, I just did a, a flurry vintage throwback with uh, those um, cohos. The yellow, the yellow, like, cohos? Yes, yeah. nice. Sick. Um, after that, I kind of... Well, my first year pro, I don't know, like, I didn't like the design that I, the, the pad that I had, like, the design didn't let me do a nice, like, solid color pad, so I just kept it basic, and uh, last year, I was like, okay, now it's time to make, like, nice design, so I decided to, to put more colors and do a custom design and um, actually put, like, lines and nicer stuff, but I think maybe on the next one, I'll put, like, uh, more stuff, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe a water tower who knows but like just uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah try to put more stuff like that like uh, a print more than just lines right so yeah yeah cool. maybe to add that on but i need to think about it <laughs> well funny because i remember the last time we spoke with you you said your one of your favorite goalies growing up was jean-sebastien jaguer and he yeah. always had like the coho 580s those are so sick yeah. and the colors look so good with the mighty ducks yep. yeah oh th- those so uh Jiguer is actually like my best friend's uncle so um so uh, at his house when I was a kid he ha- like they had like a framed picture of him like uh you know those like um lost screen like wallpapers almost yep. and they kind of had that in the Mighty Ducks like jersey with those uh those pads and I swear that's like the nastiest setup mm. I've ever seen. It's so good. It's it's insane. I was like, I wish I could like bring back an updated version of like that like model and like yeah. just make it in a pad today. 
you know. No doubt. You know what else would look cool? And I mean, send going bring back to the sends. Uh, Patrick Laleem's old Sherwood I, pads with yep. like the squiggle in it. Yeah, I know it's still lines, but those look so good. He even had the custom stick. He had Marvin the Martian on his stick too. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was it was super cool. I gotta pull this up because we're talking Jean Sebastien Jaguar. I think he was the last losing team player to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Yeah, Have you was. ever seen a more upset person winning playoff MVP? Yeah, I mean, you I'm, understand why, but that's that's. Crazy. I know. I was. I forget if, if I was uh, talking to him, or um, or his sister, because obviously, like his sister's my friend's mom, and uh, he was telling me, or she was telling me, like he didn't even want to go out and grab it, like he like, but he had to, and he didn't even want to uh, want to go out and and take that picture, but like. I feel like it's just like at that point you don't even care of winning it. You're just like you lost like a series for like the Stanley Cup, and now I have to go out and take a picture when everyone's just pissed and sad and whatnot, you know? Yeah. But happy you even it. hear guys like like McKinnon be like, "Yeah, I didn't even want to go get the Conn Smythe. Like I want the cup." Yeah, and then exactly. it's like he's on the winning team. I can't even imagine. Going exactly, and, and on the losing team, it's yeah. like accepting an individual silver medal. Like no, yeah. no one wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like guys are more happy to win like a bronze medal because actually won the game yes. than yeah. to win the, the silver medal, right? But hundred percent. Um, no, I, I think after the year after, I think they won that, the cup that year, or in two thousand. A couple years later, and yeah, it was against Ottawa. So way to go, sick, sick dude. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. Ru- ruin my way ruin to bring my, that one up, man. Yeah, ruin my life when I was fourteen years old, man. Thanks. Uh, they, they'll win one soon, though. Like, yeah, they, they put it, the the piece in place, and uh, no, that's. <laughs> Uh, Pierre Dorian definitely had a, a huge summer for that one. No doubt. I want to finish off. Uh, we both want to ask you about a couple of the players that you get to see shoot on you all the time. But I do have to pull this up. And this is the beauty about recording on here. I, we can have conversation about things. How do you like that stick? Could, could you bring in something like that? Yeah, that stick is awesome. I, to be honest, like today we could probably do anything. We could probably do that. Yeah, but I I love his helmet. Oh yeah. Well, have you seen the Twitter account? Our boy, it's at Lalim's Marsh, and he loves yeah. it. Yeah, I, I did see that actually. That's, that's awesome. No, He's even got his name on his stick. See, it says Lalim right above the tape. I love that. Just in case he forgets. Oh. <laughs> yeah, in case <laughs> someone mixes yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, with that other Marvin the Martian stick. But that's like, imagine, awesome. Imagine playing with those pads today. Like I, I could not do pillows. It. He. I wish I could find a photo. I'm not going to go through it, but he put it on the first hole every time. You would look and in warm up, and they would be like turning side to side, like it was barely tied onto his his legs. That's wow. crazy. We need to have him on the show. The, yeah, especially today, I feel goalies want their pad like sticking to their legs. Oh, I when I played, like, uh, I had it fully tightened, like all the way tightened. Yeah. So the guys that play with it barely hanging on, that's wild. It's like. <laughs> It's like uh, Mads had a so he started the year with like one one strap I think and he barely put like put it like and like tight he put it I think this, at the like third or second hole and I was like yeah. why bother put that strap there honestly like, yeah I'm gonna use it. it's like uh you know what it kind of like supports my the back of my knee so I kind of <laughs> like it and now like after like half the season like like he was half like halfway through the season he's like okay yeah i'm just going all velcro now (laughs) yeah at that point you should just put on like the uh the the road hockey pads with just a clip yeah at that point and just loosen it all up yeah literally 
No doubt. Um, hey, I got to ask you this because you were you were drafted in 2018. Did you yeah. pick up anything from Craig Anderson? Because you would have had a couple training camps with him. I think I had two training camps with him. I think. He's old school, eh? Like kind of stand oh, up. He's he's old school, but man, he reads the play like yeah. He reads the game and all the plays going on so well. Like that made him like such an incredible goalie, and I think that's why he's still able to play in the league at that age. Like he just he resigned too. Like yeah, he, like still especially with the game, like the game today, like how fast it is and the players, their skills, their shot. And like their IQ, like that's that's like crazy. But he's definitely old school. But he's he's a smart goalie. Like that's so when that's when you're I, picking up, so like, when when you're in practice with him, are you like kind of trying to gauge how he's seeing the play develop? It's it's hard because it's all like inside, right? Like he's of course, like obviously, like a technique you can see it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like making reads in in your own head, so it's hard to pick up from that. But um. But no, it's just you just learn from from like I learned a lot from and- Andy just looking at, at him off the ice, like kind of how he's he takes care of his body and all that because obviously he has to take care of his body when you're playing as, at forty. I think he's forty one now. Yeah, I think he'll turn forty two during next season. Yeah, exactly. So you have you have to be really good at taking care of your body when you, you're at that age, and because you goalies you guys would know like hips and knees and all that they're they're just gone like soon they're tight they get they get used a lot right so um so no i picked up a lot uh from him just off the ice it's awesome well i mean when you're a stand-up goalie you're using your hips and knees a whole lot less so maybe that's the secret <laughs> yeah, to the, the, the longevity maybe, right maybe we're on to something here yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah uh mando final question for me thanks so much for giving us so much of your time we it's love been awesome. having goalies on the show oh, goalie yeah. friendly show it's always great to <laughs> chat with the attendees so in that vein who is belleville's best shooter i i have a feeling i know the answer but there's a couple guys that maybe might surprise me but in your opinion who's the best shooter right now like from last year yeah 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 sure yeah there, there's there's a lot like there's a lot of guys that has like great shots. Like I can on like at the top of my head, we had like uh, uh, Chris Wilkie. We had Matt Whitman. Okay. We had Igor. Obviously, we had Logan Shaw. We had yep. Ro- uh, Roby. We had Lassie. Um, yeah, I also have like guys that have a hard release to like to read off uh, from. So like. Uh, just Cassie he had a, he has a hard shot, but just also his release makes it that much uh, harder to read. But if I had to pick one, man, it's it's hard. A lot of good shooters, yeah. They're, That's they're, good. Good problem to have. Yeah. But and how about Jake Lucini in the shootout? This guy's oh, automatic Lucini. in the shootout. That guy, yeah, especially last year. Like at the start of the year, I swear if it wasn't from him, there's a lot of it, like I, I don't think it, there's like. Our record wouldn't have been the same, um, yeah. but yeah, I I forget, I forget in practice like in like in shootouts because we didn't like we don't really practice shootouts right like it's more like at the end of practice when we do extra extra time like right. maybe we'll do like shootouts or maybe we'll just do two pucks so it's not the same thing as a shootout but it's for him to be that good in shootouts. Um, like with all the pressure, like that's just crazy, and he definitely helped us. But to come back for the hardest shot, like it's hard to pick one. But 
I'd say Shazi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, captain, veteran. Like he, like especially in practice, like he he picks a spot, man, and anywhere, anywhere. Like, and it's also for me, it's harder because a guy like Igor, I've practiced with him for four years, True. so I kind of know his spots now. Yep. Um, and he still scores, obviously, but it's just I I I maybe like I can like predict more and all that. Yeah, you gotta but, read like, on him. Got the game notes everywhere. It's, it's you're not doing Ger- Gerard a favor with this one. No, no, I, I, I what a beauty I mean. he is. Hey, eh? he came on our show too, Gerard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was right after know, they like... drafted Igor, and we were trying to get to know him, and then we knew the connection with you as well. He yeah. was awesome, man. No, they're keep Brenners, they're so they're nice people, man. Yeah, they're, they're great guys, and um. But yeah, I didn't know he came on the show. That's, that's yeah, dude. That's really that's funny. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, he came yeah. down and actually made an interview with the team because I, th- I, th- I think, oh man, I forget for for what. Um, but yeah, he came down this this year and I didn't expect it. And I don't think Shazi told me, but um, so when I saw him, I was all surprised. I think I was injured, so I just said hi to him. And yeah, talked for a bit. But uh, no, it's um, it was it was fun seeing him. Salt of the earth up there. Okay, final question for me. You get 10 breakaways on this goalie. How many are you scoring? Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, uh, but does Mando have to wear his goalie equipment too? No, or no, no. Mando's tracksuit. Okay. Man, man, I don't even, like, I probably don't even have a hard shot with a player stick. I don't even, I'll say, I'll say five. F- oh, nice. Nice split right 50%. down the middle. Yeah, I'll say I mean, Smart move. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to get on the captain's bad side, eh? <laughs> no, I can't do that to Chucky. That's awesome. Too, so. <laughs> um, actually, fi- actual final question. You did get a couple chances to go up to Ottawa and back up. What was the experience like being around the room? All we hear about is, is how great the culture is around the, around the team. Yeah, well, I think they, like all the like Shabby, all those guys like that, especially like in the, uh, when uh, they had the taxes squad and all that, like, even Chucky, even though when he was, like, obviously he's a younger player, right? He was uh, including everyone. Um, and I've never, like, even the veter- like veterans, like, uh, I remember uh, Coburn and all that. Like, man, like, I forget all the names. They're all so good to me. Uh, they always, like, they don't make you feel like you're just some other guy. Like, you, they're talking to you. They're, like, saying, hi, how are you? How's your day? Like, just you know, just a casual like talk like every day, and um, and even last year um, when I was injured going up, like same thing. They were just all super nice. Like I don't, I think that that'll go a long way too. Like uh, whenever they they try to to like to go like win the cup, right? Like it's that like if you have a good chemistry and a good locker room, that goes a long way. Um, and even also like uh, when Maz got called up, like obviously we talked a lot, and he was saying how all the guys were was super nice to him and all that. So, um, but yeah, it's that that'll go a long way, and that's I'm not worried one bit about the locker room they have uh, in Ottawa. That's awesome. Well, we're excited to see you in it more consistently, and it all starts with rookie camp, which you'll be seeing you at in less than two weeks. Like, let's go. Yeah. It's almost go time. Uh, great to hear you had an awesome summer. Great to hear you're 100% healthy, and we can't wait to see you on the ice, Mando. Really appreciate you jumping on, and it's not going to be two years before we get you back. We're going to have you on a lot sooner than that, man. Great chatting with you, and thanks again. 
Well, thanks for having me, guys. I always appreciate it, and we always have some fun. Stick taps to Kevin for joining us. Fantastic conversation. And Pills, you know it's a good interview when you stay on the call for another half hour after just shooting the breeze, having a good time. But I'm excited for a healthy Mando to come in and show his worth in the AHL and maybe beyond this upcoming season. Yeah, we're stoked for uh, for Mando's season coming up. And it is good that Ottawa did figure out an ECHL team. Obviously, we hope Mando can be backing up in Belleville, but it gives the option with Anton uh, Bebo coming in that there is a spot for a third goalie to have a starting job. And interesting to note, Bebo was a member of the Allen Americans last season, so he's already familiar with them. They're familiar with him. So that can be an easy transition if Mando uh, does, in fact, win that job in Belleville, which we're hoping for because he needs to play some games, and uh, I think he's ready for the the AHL. And him and Sogard as a goalie tandem, those are two big, big tendies. And uh, they both they both are good, great buddies, and they can push each other to do better as well. I think that's huge. And, uh, yeah, it was great chatting with Mando after, Ross. We were like, oh, you, you don't need to stick around. I'm sure you're busy. He's like, oh, nah, I got nothing nothing to do. Like, let's, <laughs> uh, let's just chat for a bit. And we ended up uh, definitely chit-chatting with him uh, for a long time. Uh, he he mentioned us as well. He allowed us to break the news. People thought the streets were rumbling, but it was just Mando letting us know that Mad Sogard was at the BioSteel camp. Yes. Like the lineup that those guys have is unreal. It can only help. Like McKinnon, McCarr, uh, who McDavid am I? David was there. McDavid, Bedard even gets the call up. There. Yeah, wow. Drake Batherson was there. So they've got some serious talent there at the BioSteel camp. Shout out Connor Brown was there as well. Always going to be a, a guy. He's going to get a solid ovation, eh, when he comes back to Ottawa? Connor Brown? Big time. Yeah, yeah. We second. miss Connor Brown, that's for sure. Third? Second? That might be the second game of the year. Uh, it's not a home game. They they play. Oh, it's uh, a f- oh wait. No, no, no. Yeah, it, it is. is a second home game. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's the second home game right yep. after uh, the home opener, which we are working to get the tickets out as soon as possible. Yes, game two of the regular season at home, Connor Brown will not have to wait long to face his former mates. Uh, last note, we'll say, um, the streets are rumbling. Ooh. Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla on their way to Ottawa. So it's just even more exciting. I mean, we already said Alex DeBrinkett's taken more photos than uh, Brad Pitt in the last <laughs> two weeks um, with, with all the fans going out to the Sensplex, but it's great. It just means it's exciting. Hockey's here. These guys know they're in a hockey town and, the excitement is is palpable in in this uh, market. So anyone who's who's going down to Sensplex, make sure you're tagging us at Sens Central in all the videos and photos that Boots you guys are ground. putting up. Yep, yep. So Pillsy Tier Two tomorrow. Then we've got a Sens Central citizen on Wednesday. And can I on Wednesday show? Can I tease Friday's guest? I'll allow it. All right. Stay tuned for all that. But for today, we say goodbye for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team. Every day.